Impact, income, and influence. Do you want the most powerful, actionable takeaways from today's episode? Go to actionbullets.com to grab the quick, easy-to-read takeaways that will help you change your life and grow your business. Or you can click the Action Bullets link in the description below. Let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence, the number one show for personal development and marketing online today. My name is Steve Warner, and today I am joined by Melvin Nix. Melvin is a personal development coach. He's a spiritual teacher, an author, and a motivational speaker. He is helping people design the new you. He's helping people break out of their shell, find their inner calling, and become a better version of themselves or a new version of themselves. Did I hit that pretty well, Melvin? Absolutely, Steve. That's uh, I like to really stress that with any change that we want to make in life, you know, I think change is more about us becoming, you know, we've heard Gandhi talk about be the change that you want in the world. I totally believe that you have to become the change that you want in your personal life and in every aspect of your professional life as well. So you absolutely hit the nail on the head. Awesome. Well, so I love personal development. I am a huge fan of it. I went through my first Tony Robbins program probably in 2002. I've been through a lot of different programs. And I found that before I could help anybody with my, like with their journey, I had to do my own journey, right? I had to come out of my own shell. And I'm a vastly different person from the kid that graduated in high school with like a 1.9, barely made it to college, took years off, did a bunch of drugs, like I had that whole story back, you know, 95, 96, 97, but I had to go through the change myself. I'm guessing you did as well. Absolutely. I have lived many lives in this one lifetime of mine. (laughs) So um, I totally resonate with that. And I think uh, most people who get into personal development and self-development come to some point of realization that something in their life isn't working. And I hit that point probably in my mid thirties, you know, a lot of people will say when you turn 30, things kind of change a little bit for you, you know, mentally, and you look at your life a little bit differently. You've, you've gone beyond that, you know, twenties and college level thinking, and you become a little bit more serious about your life. So I hit that point in my thirties where I looked around and found myself in a bad marriage. I was working jobs that didn't really take care of my financial obligations. And I was just extremely frustrated with where my life was. And that was the catalyst for me to get on the path myself. So talk us through that a little bit more, because I think it is really important for people to hear like where you came from. I can tell my story. Anyone that listens to this knows it, but I want to hear like, I mean, what, what job were you working? Why were you there? Why were you in a bad marriage or was it a bad marriage? Was it your fault? Was it her fault? Was it a combo? Like walk us through, like, what did things look like when you woke up one day and you were like, I'm so frustrated, things have to change. In early on in my life, so I was in the military, I was in the Air Force um, after I graduated high school. I was supposed to get a football scholarship, but things didn't work out that way. So um, I went ahead and signed up for the, the Air Force. And while in the Air Force, I was young and very impressionable and um, thought of life in one dimension, you know, at that age, I thought, well, the person who lives a good life has a good job. They marry, you know, a spouse that's a good fit for them. And then the two of them work together and things just go well, you know. So um, that was my outlook on life at that time. I had, had been raised in church predominantly. So my ideology about relationships and things of that nature kind of were 
you know, based around that somewhat. Um, so when you are coming from that state of mind, you look at things from a standpoint like if your relationships aren't working, then you kind of uh, handle things from a more spiritual uh, spiritual perspective rather mm -hmm. than taking note of what the actual feedback is in the situation, if that makes sense. You know, so are we communicating properly? And if we aren't, then we need to focus on doing those types of things. And that did not happen. Um, it was a 16 year situation of basically just two people frustrating each other. And <laughs> um, in the middle of that process though, probably eight years in, I would remember being on leave once on a Christmas holiday. And I just had everything in my head. You know, I was struggling with where I was financially. I was working at the time a bunch of different jobs. You know, I, I'm a technical person, so I was doing troubleshooting and the job just wasn't very fulfilling, you know, but it paid me enough money to keep me going back. You know, they say jobs are just over broke. I had many of those situations. So on this vacation, I was really just thinking, man, I need to go to the bookstore and find something that's going to be motivational. And this is the first time in my life that I stepped outside of my religious mindset and just looked for any kind of information that I felt would be helpful. So I went to the mall and I was just kind of walking around the bookstore and this one book just stood out and got my attention. It was a eureka moment. Uh, it was a book called The Power of the Subconscious Mind by Joseph Murphy. Have you ever heard of that book? I have. I actually, I might be on my bookshelf. Um, I've read it. That's a great book. That's yeah. a great book. I read that book. And within the first couple of chapters, it kind of like blew my mind away. And I was just wondering, you know, could I really change my life if I work with the principles that he talks about in his book? And I'm here to say that within the first few weeks of applying the information that he talked about, uh, I was able to make some real change and incredibly fast, believe it or not. So uh, once I started seeing that, my marriage didn't get fixed, my situation didn't change overnight, but over time, I was able to make adjustments that made my entire life completely different. Well, so I have a couple questions that I want to, I heard you say things, but I want to, I want to ask some clarifying questions. Cause the first thing is you said, you know, you were approaching for that 16 year period, you were approaching things at, from a religious point of view. Yes. And I, I grew up super religious. One of the things that I like to point out to people that I think you can be a Christian and be like not have this. But one thing that I've seen in the church is people want to, it's a victim mindset without being a victim. It is, it's somebody else's responsibility. If things aren't going right, I must have done something to make God angry. Like, I can't tell you how many times I heard that growing up. And I don't think, I don't think God gets angry at us. I don't think, I mean, unless you're an old Testament person, like <laughs> God doesn't throw things at you, right? Like God loves us and he wants us to do the best that we possibly can. And he gives us tools, but we have to take the responsibility to use those tools. You did that by stepping into a bookstore and buying a book that, that I don't know if he was a Christian or not, but the book speaks to a tool on how to use this amazing mind that God gave us, Right. Right. And step into our power. And I think one of the one of the biggest things, anyone who's listened to this show at all, like I, I find a way to tie into it pretty much every interview, like the difference between taking responsibility and saying, if it's going to be, it's up to me, 
I need to figure out the things that I need to do versus, you know what, not my responsibility, not my problem, not my chair, not my problem. Like I'm not, I'm not dealing with that. That's the thing that separates successful people from non-successful people. Cause the minute that you put a line in the sand and say, this is, I'm going to fix this. Things can start to get better because then you're taking responsibility. So take us on the journey. You read this book, you started to implement some of these things. We're going to come back to what those things are. Don't worry if you're listening and you're like, just tell me what they are. We're going to come back to them. Take me on the journey. Like what happened? What happened next in your relationship? What next happened next in your job? And how did you get from where you were at that moment in time, frustrated, just over broke with the golden handcuffs to where you are now? Okay, I'll, I'll try to do it in the categories. I like how you listed that out. So first thing I'll talk about is the job. Um, when I read that book, um, one of the things that he helped me to realize was a couple of things. One, after reading that book, I decided to go back and throw away everything that I had ever heard about the Bible, everything I heard about God, and approach that with, you know, a different set of eyes versus rose-colored glasses, you know, because I think that in religion, we learn how to learn in a sense. They, the, I think it's the, the way the human mind works when you sit in a situation like a church service and you relax and you just open your mind up to whatever, you're allowing yourself to be conditioned. And so during that conditioning, you hear things and you don't necessarily question them. But after I read that book, uh, I don't know if Dr. Murphy was a Christian at all, but he did reference the Bible a lot. And mm -hmm. one of the things that stood out to me that helped me to understand personal responsibility was he pointed out what, in his definition, prayer actually was. And he, he talked about how in every religion, there are people who've had answers to prayer, but who they prayed to didn't make a difference at all. You know, he talked about how the Buddhists got answers to their prayers, Christians did, and, and other you know, different types of belief systems. And the way that he mentioned it was about taking personal responsibility. And when I went back and looked at the Bible and I took the religious glasses off, I saw where the Bible primarily deals with God not doing anything for us. It's more about we came equipped to do what we need to do and we have everything inside of us already. And his expectation is that we take those gifts that we have on the inside and the things that are, are in our makeup and we go and we do something about it. And so Dr. Murphy pointed that out from a standpoint of prayer, where his definition of prayer was not, you know, when we think about getting on your knees and, and saying a bunch of things and repeating the Lord's Prayer, it was more about whatever desire that you have, that in fact is prayer that is constantly going out into the universe. And the universe which is attached to us because I believe that we are part of the universe. I believe that we are all spirit. And if you are connected to the source of spirit, then spirit is listening to you all the time. And so that's when we get those situations to where we have intuitive nudges. I believe that is when spirit is trying to push us or lead us in a direction, but oftentimes we fight that voice and we think it's just us making things up and we don't take steps forward. So, I began to change how I saw prayer. And one of the things that I did, and I hope I don't give away too much information at first, but I started writing down the things that I wanted to see in my life. You know, just very basic things. I wanted to have a particular job. I wanted to um, learn a particular skill set. So I made like a list of 20 different things that I really wanted. And all I did 
was posted on the back of my door, my bedroom door. So every day I forced myself when I went to that door, I could see what I had written down and it would just put it into my mind for, you know, maybe 10 minutes. So what I started noticing was over a course of time, situations started lining themselves up. Like I would meet a particular person or I would see something on a website that would get my attention and it would ultimately lead me down the path of manifesting those things that I wanted. Uh, so at the time I had switched tech jobs and I started teaching myself how to do computer animation. And I wanted a job where I could utilize my skills. So after I read Dr. Murphy's book, probably three weeks later, I had gotten myself hired at an NBC affiliate in Kansas City, where I was doing animation and graphics for two news programs. So I, I'm just going to jump in. Like, I think there's a lot there. Like you just unpacked a ton, right? Um, <laughs> and it's like flashbacks from the book are coming back to me. Um, the idea of exactly what you were saying, like prayer is us using our mental facility to either implant things in our subconscious or just make them conscious. Right. And like yeah. start focusing on them. And it, it could be the same as meditation. It could be the same as prayer. It could be the same as mantras, like all of those things, in my opinion, do kind of the same thing. I do believe when you look at the Bible, like I think some people listening to this, if they're Christians there, I know my mom would immediately be like, oh my goodness, <laughs> right? But it's not saying that the Bible isn't true or it, it, there's anything there. It's just, you're looking at it as in terms of either God is doing this for us or God gave us the tools and wants us to use those tools because that's, we're the only enlightened beings, right? That's right. Out of everything on the planet, were the only ones with that enlightenment. And he gave us that because I think he enjoys, I think honestly, like the biggest thing that God enjoys is us using our abilities. He wants us to fulfill whatever our purpose is here on life. And we decide what that is at the end of the day. Um, so I'm gonna let you go back to it. There's just a ton that you unpack. Hey, I just wanted to take a quick break from this episode. Are you enjoying the story so far? Would you like to know how to use storytelling and story selling in your business? Check the show notes down below or go to storyselling.how to grab my free mini course on story selling and start implementing this in your business right now. All right, let's jump back to the episode. So let's go back to, you got your job, three weeks. Something that I was gonna say is, you know, when you start this process, I'm a big believer, um, I was gonna get up and get it, but I have a list of 20 things. I don't know awesome. where the number 20 came from, but that's somebody told me that in probably 2009, 2008, and I've always kept it and I crossed them out. I have a, I have records of them because it's crazy. Yeah. Like I read them in the morning and I read them at night. I read them in the morning. I read them at night and they, they usually almost everything on my list has come to fruition and it just keeps building. Um, so I don't know where the number 20 came from. So you, you have this list on your door, mine, take mine, mine, some of them go really fast, but most of them take a few months at least. Yeah. Um, but you, three weeks, you get a new job. Yes. And it's just interesting how this played out. So I get the new job at NBC action news and I'm designing graphics. I'm getting paid a little bit more money. Life is a little easier and I'm just enjoying myself. Well, I'm sitting in between breaks and I'm just browsing on the internet because we had several computers. So on our lunch break, we can go and look at different things. 
And I'm looking on the internet and I noticed that there's a program at Universal Studios that was an animation school. It, it was brand new. And so they taught people how to do visual effects. So this just showed up out of nowhere. And I started looking into the website and I started really getting excited about it. However, I was living in Kansas City at the time and this program was in Orlando, Florida. So looking at, you know, being a married guy and my whole existence is rooted in Kansas City, I'm like, there's no way I can, you know, pick up everything, move to Orlando for a year on a whim and just see how things are going to turn out. But I remembered in the book, he said, never tell yourself, never answer a question with a negative answer. So if you really want something, even when that thought comes, just focus on having it in your life. So I looked at this school opportunity for maybe a week and I just kept sitting there and looking at, they had what they call demo reels, which were student productions that they had done. Mm -hmm. So every single day, I would just go and look at the cool animations that other students had done in the program in the first year. And um, what ended up happening was I just decided to apply to the school. And in applying to the school, the way things worked out, they wanted you to have a portfolio. Well, if I had not been working at the TV station, I would not have had an opportunity to have developed different samples that I could show. So things kind of lined up perfectly in that regard to where I took those samples, I submitted them. Probably the next day I heard from the owner of the school, hey, I'd like you to come down and uh, take a look at the school and see if it's something that you're interested in. So I made arrangements to go down there probably a month later. And when I got there, the owner just kind of intuitively knew that I was gonna come to the school. So he gave me and my family at the time an annual pass to go to the theme park. So that was an added bonus, you know, so something I didn't even expect. Uh, but long story short, I went through that program and I started another list because going through that program, you know, life kind of got a little bit difficult because I went there alone. I didn't have my family with me at the time. So going to school from seven in the morning to three in the afternoon, a lot of employers don't really, you know, hire people to work. They want you to be there at eight in the morning. <laughs> so um, that led to me having a number of different jobs from being a janitor to working at Walmart and things of that nature. I'm grateful for those opportunities. But in the middle of trying to go through that program, my character was really being tested in a lot of ways. So um, while I was in the program and kind of going through some of the hard spots, I started making a list again because this book came back to my memory. And another book in the middle of the program uh, when I was going to school, I would go to the libraries on the weekend. And you mentioned Tony Robbins earlier. I found his book, Awaken the Giant Within, and I started reading that book as well. So that kind of gave me another boost to try this thing out that Dr. Murphy kept talking about. You know, So I went ahead, wrote another list, and I wrote down within two weeks of graduation, I will be hired by a major movie studio. Well, I graduated and it wasn't two weeks later, it was probably three weeks later, I got a phone call from a major movie studio through a person that I knew at the, the school that I had gone to, and I had no idea they brought my name up and said, you need to hire Melvin. So I ended up on the plane to LA and was having the time of my life and my socks were blown off, you know, just from applying the things that I read in that book. And so that completely changed my, my work situation. So- I want to jump in. I want to, I have, I have a comment and I have a question. Sure. Um, the first thing is like, 
so many times people say, well, why do things get difficult, right? I'm doing what I feel like I'm supposed to do. And my answer, I would love your thoughts on this. My answer to that is when we are growing, there are growing pains. Like that's part of the process. When you get outside of your little sphere, that's your comfort zone and you start experiencing new things, which is what you ask for, right? You're going to need to change who you are. Like fundamentally, this is one of the things that I coach all my clients on the minute they start speaking on stage because they're excited. And then as soon as the excitement rolls off, then they're like, oh my goodness. And they start to get anxious and have this anxiety. And I'm like, that's just your old self falling away. Like that's just the growing pains. And like, it's just a thing. It will pass. This too will pass, right? This too shall pass. Just, you just have to bear with it. And it's completely normal. You wouldn't, it's a sign that you're going in the right direction, right? Like it's just like you said, like you're being tested a little bit. How bad do you want this? Because the universe is asking you that. Anytime you do something new, anytime you push a little bit, there are going to be pains. You're going to break some eggs to make an omelet. That's another way people say it. So I'd love your feedback on that. And the second thing is I hear a lot of people, because I, I agree with you, like don't answer a question in negative to yourself. If you want it, focus on what you want. Do you have a mental trick that you use to stop yourself from thinking about things that you don't want? Because I can say, don't think about a pink elephant. I just made you think of a pink elephant, right? How do you stop <laughs> right. that from happening? I'll kind of throw the ball to you and let you let you run with those. Okay. Um, in regards to when those challenges come up, I believe that going back to what we were talking about as far as change, change is something that I believe requires difficulty to a degree. And not that the difficulty is there to just make your life hard, but I think the difficulty comes to teach you how to grow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, oftentimes when I talk about purpose, I point out obstacles. And I, I often say that obstacles can be the greatest teacher in the world if you decide to look at it differently. You know, when we have that roadblock that shows up, sometimes I've been, you know, driving along the road and had to take a detour and discovered a really beautiful lake that I didn't even know was close to the route that I drove to work every day. You know, so when you begin to look at change and look at obstacles a little bit differently, start to frame them from a standpoint of now that this thing has presented itself, what's the lesson that I need to learn here? Because if you are about self-development, you will find out rapidly that it's all about learning and growing. So when you happen to run into those situations that are inconveniences, what they allow you to do is to secure your life in that area. If you look at, okay, this bad thing happened. What can I learn from it rather than allowing you to destroy your self-confidence? And um, when you look at it that way, it allows you to have a better mindset because you can strengthen yourself and strengthen your resolve. Because when you step into your purpose, there are going to be many challenges that come your way. Things don't work out the way you want them to. Relationships go sour. But does that mean that you should stop what you're doing? Absolutely not. That is just an indication to you, as you mentioned earlier, that you are, in fact, on the right path and you need to just make some adjustments and shift along the way. You know, I think in a lot of terms about like an acorn, as an example, any plant, any seed that you plant into the ground, that seed is dormant until you wake it up. But when you wake it up, the first thing it does is crack open the shell that it's in and I, I can't say if it's painful to the plant, but I kind of, you know, when I look at our lives, 
sometimes cracking open to allow that seed of growth to come and, and our purpose to start manifesting in our lives is going to be uncomfortable. And that uncomfortable situation creates a little bit of pain because it's new and it's unfamiliar. Yep. But when you allow yourself to just relax and look at things a little bit differently, when those challenges come, it allows you to shift and prepare yourself for the larger challenges that may come along when you are really stepping into your purpose. Yeah. And uh, to, to get into the other question, uh, what I typically do to keep myself centered, I, I learned this a long time ago, just out of the blue, you know, with, with being a spiritual teacher, there are many times where I get inspiration when I'm just sitting out back on my porch, just staring at the trees. <laughs> um, and I had this thought about, if you really want to stay positive, think about worrying. As an example, when you worry about something, you typically manifest it, but we don't oftentimes think that we're the ones creating the situation, but we in fact are. So when you worry about something, the first thing you do is you have it in your mind and you see it in a, men in a mentally uh, challenging way. And so the more you think about it, you start having emotions that are associated with those thoughts that then start to make you feel bad and, and start to get anxiety and stress. And so the next thing that happens after that is you start to do things that are in alignment with creating this situation that you were worrying about. So ultimately the worry manifests itself and you were the one that made it happen. So whenever I've had those negative thoughts come, that just comes back to me because usually I start to worry about the situation. And then something just over time of, of putting that inside of my consciousness, I'll just remember, okay, I need to switch gears and look at this differently and just focus on what I want to desire rather than me bringing it to pass through looking at it the way that I don't want it to be. That's a good, that's a good answer. I mean, I agree. I think some people... I know some people that like they just can't get out of the worry state. And I'm like, you just need to let go of it. Like you have to realize that there are better things out there and focus on what you want. Okay, so let's go back to your story. You're you're now the, like that's your your story arc, right? You went from working a job you didn't like to working at the news studio to going to graphic school, mm -hmm. animation school, to getting hired on a film set, like where, where does your relationship come into this? Cause I know that's the other thing, like when you're growing and the other person it maybe isn't, or is growing in a different direction, how did that go for you? And how did, Oh, were you, okay. I'll, I'll just start talking. Um, yeah. in the relationship, uh, in, in all honesty, Things were never really that great. It's just that I, like many other people, ignored the red flags that showed up from day number one. You know, we we like to, if we really want a situation to work, we make excuses for things. We ignore red flags when they show up and we don't have those difficult conversations that need to be had. And so uh, after I was hired at the studio, I ended up relocating to Florida uh, because another opportunity opened up while I was at the movie studio so that. When the movie studio job ended, I easily transitioned into this new opportunity. It just lined up perfectly. So when I was living in Florida, a lot of things kind of came to a head in regards to the relationship where things that were contentious and where I had normally just decided to ignore them or overlook them, I began to raise them as, you know, 
conversations that I felt we should have. And a lot of disagreements came out of that. And we just never really had any understanding. And ultimately, the person I was married to decided that they didn't want to be married to me anymore. So long story short, went through that process of separation and divorce. But um, after that transition occurred, I found myself again looking at my life going, okay, what in the world's happened? Because in my mind, I thought I was the good husband, the good provider, that I was the person that was doing everything that I needed to do, but it takes two to tango, you know? So in a relationship, you both have to work together because if you don't, then you really have nothing but a one-sided situation. So uh, after that situation ended, I moved back to North Carolina. Uh, that's where I'm originally from. And so I moved back home, spent some time with my mom and my sisters and my family that were here because they hadn't seen me in a while. And in the process of, of making that transition, I started my own freelance business. And in doing so, I was going to a lot of networking meetings. And probably the third networking meeting I went to, I met the woman that is, that is my wife now, who, who is my true love. And, you know, just from day one, everything has been perfect, you know? So um, when we met, I was doing my animation work. She was doing work very similar from an event perspective. So we just had this synergy from day one. And I believe because I had gotten my mind where it needed to be, and I had even defined the kind of relationship that I wanted moving forward, she comes into my life and fits every single aspect and then some. So uh, even after going through a bad relationship, going back to what we said about challenges, all of the challenges in that situation, when I had time of separation and went through the divorce in just that window of time, uh, a few years had passed. I started, you know, learning more and, and learning to look at what lessons I can take from that bad situation so that moving forward, I would not <laughs> repeat bad history. And so, you know, that's been a process as well. But um, I'm in you know, a great marriage now. My wife and I have our own company. We work together well. We're, we're building business together. And probably the biggest thing for me is just having the lid removed off of me in a sense to where I'm able to be myself. I'm able to explore my purpose and to do what I'm here to do rather than just working a nine to five to pay bills all the time. And, and I think that when you are in a relationship, it's vital that the two of you understand that, yes, you are in a relationship, but you have to develop as independent individuals and that you should help the other person to become the best person that they can be and to fulfill their purpose ultimately. Well, that's, I mean, supporting each other is key to, I think, any relationship working well. Um, and it's interesting to hear you say, like, she decided she didn't want to be with you. A lot of times I've seen that happen Um you know, one person starts to change and they start to grow and the other person, for whatever reason, tends to go a different direction, right? They're like, yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm going over here. And that's okay. Um, it opened you up to find the relationship that you really wanted. I just wanted to take a short break from this episode and let you know about one of the biggest secrets I have found when it comes to converting webinars. If you have a webinar and it's not converting as well as you want, or if you're thinking about building a webinar and you want to grab this tip, it has helped numerous people. One of my clients, we actually doubled their conversion rate just by implementing this one simple step. And you can grab it at deathtobadwebinars.com or by clicking in the show notes below. All right, let's jump back to the episode. I'm going to ask a couple questions kind of in rapid fire. 
just people listening that are like, okay, how do I do this? What, what is something that they can start to do? You talked about the list of 20 things. Um, maybe walk through, how do you make a list of things that you even want? How do you start to move things forward and get out of where you are? Um, if you had to list, maybe a better way to ask would be like, what are one or two things from the power of the subconscious mind that you started using that you now help people use? Uh, one of the things that that I definitely do, I'll, I'll combine a couple of things in case, since we started talking about the Bible and Christianity, uh, if there are any Christian listeners, I'm going to go to the Bible with an example of, of how to approach the question you just asked. So one of the things that I do mm-hmm. is I think about in terms of what I want. And if I don't know what I want at the time, I give myself time to just think. And part of purpose and part of fulfilling your life purpose, I believe, is listening to what I call the urgent resolve. I have written a book on you are in the middle of your purpose. And I kind of do a wordplay off of the you are in right in the middle of the, the, the literal word purpose. There's a you are. And to me, that UR stands for what I call the urgent resolve. And what that means to me is those times that I'm reflecting on my life or, you know, if I'm going to a movie or something or whatever I may be doing, there are times throughout the day that I'll have an intuitive nudge where something tries to get my attention. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I'm doing something and I get that nudge and it's like, do this more. And I allow myself to enjoy that experience. And then I start to take note of that. And those situations, I believe, are prompted from the subconscious because we all, in my opinion, have a purpose to fulfill. And I don't look at purpose in terms of this is what I need to be doing with my life. I look at it more about, you know, what is the reason for me being born? And I think if you focus on reason, things start to make sense. And so when you look at the reason for me being here, uh, and you start to look at your life from that perspective, you'll start to notice from that self-assessment, there are things that you've thought about from the time you were a child that really resonated with you at one point in your life, but you know it got educated out of you, or you know religion may have taken it from you, or family dynamics, or what have you. But at a one point in time in your life, that was something that you really got a lot of juice from when you thought about it. And so I, I often tell people, when you want to know what your purpose is, pay attention to when you've had those intuitive nudges, because more than likely it has something to do with why you were here, why you were born and your reason for being here. It's a problem here for you to solve. So in terms of looking at once you've identified that nudge, oftentimes that nudge will kind of, you know, be paired with some of your personal gifts, some of the things that you have as skills already that are just, you know, good things that you, you know, things that you're really good at doing. And so when those nudges come, see if it pairs up with something that you're already good at doing and, and just take a look at that and explore it and see how it makes you feel. And so that's definitely one of the things that I do. And vision boards is a big thing for me. Uh, I oftentimes, when I go through magazines, and I like to read a lot, if I see something that just remotely gets my attention, I'll cut it out and put it on a vision board. Um, Because that's a reminder to me of something that I might need to look at later. So I think it's a matter of developing a relationship with yourself. And we talked about communication, how that a communication that isn't working 
can destroy a relationship with another person. Well, think about the times that you've communicated with you, where you've had an idea that was something that was very inspiring, but you told yourself you couldn't do it. That's poor communication. Or if an opportunity presents itself, you look at it and go, well, maybe I can do it, but maybe someone else is better at it. So you let that slide. So you communicated with yourself in a way that convinced you not to step into your purpose. So I make sure that I do things that when they speak to me, that I give an ear to them. And in giving an ear to them, that means I either write it down or I, I cut the photo out or I make that phone call or I just explore more on the website. So I think those are practical things that a person can do to really start getting in touch with um, how to start making that list of items. So and, really quick, oh, really oh, quick, I want to ask about, you're talking about how to talk to yourself. So I think this is a key key component. Um, I don't, did you ever read, there's a book called What to Say When You Talk to Yourself? Um, it's kind of older. It's from, from the early 80s. But talk to me about, because I think, so this is something I've done a little bit of study on. They said that there's somewhere between 50 and 70,000 senses of internal conversation per day in the human mind. So if you think about that, all the conversations that you have, and they're fleeting, you don't remember all of them. But what happens is over time, like you get an imprint of, are you being positive with yourself? Are you telling yourself that you can do things? Are you telling yourself that you can't do things that you're not good enough? And unfortunately, 95% of people, I think, tell themselves that they're not good enough. They, they have conversations in their head where they're running through past arguments. I mean, how many arguments have you had with somebody that is either dead and gone, or it's an argument from high school. I still sometimes, I've gotten rid of most of them. Every once in a while, I have an argument from high school or an ex-girlfriend. And it's like, none of that stuff matters. They, they're not angry about it anymore. Why am I reliving that? But the, so what do you do to get yourself to talk to yourself differently? Well, one thing that, that helped me to understand the importance of talking to myself differently, I think we need to, to cover off on that a little bit. I think it's fundamentally um, important that everyone understands how important the actual process of believing anything is. You know, when, when we talk about beliefs, most people don't understand what you believe governs your entire existence. And when you have a, a mindset that really has been given to you from, you know, your upbringing and, and all your life experiences, it hasn't been intentional. It's been about just kind of what you've absorbed in your environment. And we have a tendency to just become conditioned to be, you know, what that looks like to us, rather than understanding everything that I do, how I respond to people, how I work, how I think is all based on what I believe. And what you believe really hinges upon what you've allowed to be stored into your subconscious. And when I talk about things getting stored into your subconscious, think about this. Every time if you look at YouTube or uh, television, there are commercials that are on there day in and day out. And sometimes when you watch a program, you'll see the same commercial three or four times. And most of us may get annoyed and we don't think about the fact that the people in marketing understand that in order for me to get buyers, I need to sow a seed into the subconscious of the audience. So that whenever they think about, whenever they have, you know, various sickness, or when they think about they want to go out to dinner or an experience that they may want to have, I need to be the first thing that comes to mind. 
So what I'm going to do is I'm going to craft a commercial that involves all of their emotions, that gets them excited, that gets them wrapped in. And I'm going to just broadcast it over and over and over again because they understand that the more we give attention to something, it's like a seed being sown into soil and it goes into our subconscious. And through repetition, our subconscious, if we don't decide to rule it out, will start to produce you know, the results of what we've been sowing into ourselves. And so when I understood that principle, I started making sure that in every way that I possibly could, I hit my senses with things that remind me of what I want. So I take the visual aspect and I do vision boards. I listen, I listen to you know, various speakers and TED Talks and things of that nature that remind me about human possibility and the fact that I can in fact build the life that I want if I take the right actions that are inspired according to my purpose. So I do things that intentionally feed my subconscious, the kind of information and data that I want, so that what I put in me outweighs what everything else is putting in me. Awesome. That's a good, good way to look at it. I mean, I definitely, I, I always try to have positive, either positive podcasts or positive speeches. Um, I have a couple speeches I've listened to. Like there's a Jim Rohn one that I've probably listened to a couple hundred times. Like just He's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I put them on when I'm running or like if I'm doing something in the house because your subconscious mind does pick up on it and it's way better than having the news or commercials or some other, you know, crap that is feeding you negativity and, and pain. So I want to talk to you a little bit about the resources that you have available. And I want you just to walk us through what that is. Um, these are in the show notes. So if you want to pick up what Melvin is offering, make sure you go to the show notes. Melvin, tell us a little bit about the resources that you have. Okay. Anyone that would like to get in touch with me can go to my website, newyou.com, and it's spelled P-N-E-U-Y-O-U.com. And I, I know that that's a weird word for new, but I play off of the, the Greek translation of the word spirit, which is pneuma. Uh, so if you go to newyou.com on the resources tab, there is a document that I've put together called Signs and Signals that help you to identify if you are in alignment with your purpose. I believe that most of us ignore those signs and symptoms when we think about our lives. For example, in my personal life, I have worked a job and put all of my creativity, all of my energy and everything into it, but that job was killing me. I felt stuck like I couldn't go anywhere. I felt like all of my progress on that job has stopped. And I felt like I had to make multiple detours uh, with things that I tried to do. You know, I was in leadership. So all the programs I tried to implement. So going through that process um, and thinking about various times in my life where I have had to make adjustments in my life to get me where I am today, I went ahead and put together a document that may be helpful to anyone who's wanting to know um, how to find their purpose and key indicators that may be letting them know right now that they're not working, walking in their purpose. So if they go to that tab, they can download that for, uh, they just put their email address in and I'll send it to them for free. Awesome. Guys, that is in the description in the show notes. So make sure you go check out the resources. I mean, knowing whether or not you're in your purpose, I think a lot of people question that, right? They start moving somewhere, things get a little painful. Maybe they get outside of their comfort zone. Having something that can show them whether or not they are going in the right direction or not is a huge, huge benefit. 
Well, Melvin, I wanted to say thank you so much for coming on. It has been awesome chatting with you and hearing about your journey and hearing about the things that you've done to change your life around and how you have helped other people. Um, do you have anything to say before we cut this down? Uh, first of all, Steve, I just want to say thank you for the opportunity. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. And uh, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Um, what I'd like to leave with the audience is if we think in terms of the last couple of years with COVID and how it has changed the world and how being in quarantine has caused us all to relook at, you know, our life, look at our efforts, pay attention to our families and just kind of see where we are. I think the time now has stimulated within each and every one of us the desire to change because the world has changed. And in order to stay in the world and stay relevant, we have to change with the times. So in terms of thinking about all of those different things, you know, when you have those life questions, begin to look inside and see what resonates with you and get on the path to discovering what your purpose is. And know that no one can tell you what your purpose is. Your purpose is already on the inside of you. You just have to give yourself the permission to look within and follow it. I like to always, you know, think of life. We've, we've heard that life is a race, but what comes with the race is competition. It, it has a time limit on it and we can injure ourselves. So I like to think more about life being a journey. When you're on a journey, usually it's enjoyable. You get to learn and explore things and you get to grow from that exploration. So I believe that if you give yourself permission to explore your purpose and look at your life as a journey, that you will begin to make some remarkable changes in your life. Awesome. I think so too. Melvin, thank you so much for being on and to everybody else until next time, guys, take action, change. Ah, I messed it up. That's the first time I've ever messed it up. <laughs> Till next time, guys, take action, change lives and make money. We'll see you soon. Thanks for checking out today's show. Do you want the fast and easy Cliff Notes version of the actionable steps from today's episode? If so, go to actionbullets.com and download yours today. Also, if you're looking to start using story selling in your business and have stories do 90% of the hard work for you, grab my free course at storyselling.how today. Till next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon.